welcome to Disciples of Agony, episode 15. Today, we are going to be talking about the Sioux with a special guest, Jake Wolstrop. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. I'm Stan, and with me is... I'm Peyton. And Jake, uh, if you... I'm Jake. Thank you. Can you introduce yourself a little bit to our listeners? So, yeah, so I'll probably tell about my accent. I'm Jake. I'm from England. We traveled over to the Sioux. This one, this one just gone um, with a few of the uh, other English guys. I say I've been playing War Machine for about seven years now, and I've been on the England WTC team. And I'm captain this year and captain last year. So I say I, I do play quite a lot, and I've been playing for, for quite a while. I've just made the switch to Scorn. And uh, what brought upon that switch for you? Um, bit of a weird one, actually. Um, I. I actually play Signar. It's what I'm, what I'm sort of known for. What I've, I've played pretty exclusively for the last seven years. And I switched to Scorn only really for champions. I messaged uh, the Sorettis to ask if I could borrow Scorn for the champions at the Sioux, just so I had something to play on the Friday. And I've sort of not put them down since. Okay, so you've been really enjoying them then? Yeah. Oh, it's a really, really deep faction. Like I've only, I've actually only played one list so far in the faction one caster. The dojo is is really interesting with the with the faction. And when you're looking at a, a WTC team format as well, running Scorn I think really helps. Scorn in that in that format I think are super powerful. They have been for a few years in my opinion, but with all the new CID changes as well, they are they have become more powerful. And when you get to picky matchups to an extent and picky tables, their power level just goes up and up. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. They have a very deep toolbox, and you can kind of mesh and meld whatever you need. I agree. So I, I have another Scorn player actually on my team, so we are, we are looking at double Scorn. We're just testing things out at the moment. And when a faction, you can build a pairing to play anything you want in the faction. Like, we've got a couple of really good generalists, like Rasheth, Zal too, and like you can still probably build another caster as your generalist, then tech for your off-list, say you want to tech against, let's say, Grimkin for an example. Like you can build a tech Grimkin drop, so you can still play like your generalist into most of the field and have a tech choice as well. The faction is really, really good for. Yeah, we've really taken to Rasheth. Pretty amazing to have someone that you can drop into, you know, eighty percent of the field and not feel yeah bad about um, it. Rasheth's been in the UK and in Europe for the, for years, and I've been scared absolutely shitless of him. I think he's a, a fantastic caster who just like every game he goes, I even if it feels just disadvantaged, it's never worse than like a forty five percent. Yeah. Like how how well he like his feet, his toolbox. He might just randomly assassinate a squishy warcaster. Like Rasheth is so so powerful. He's so much fun. <laughs> I haven't put him down in like three years. <laughs> if, if I was allowed to play Rocheth, I would be playing Rocheth. <laughs> <laughs> He's the best caster in faction. He's probably, I'd say, top eight in the game. Yeah, he's one of our hardest balancing points, most likely. Like, I think there's certain things that I might have wanted <laughs> to happen in CID, and, like, Rasheth just says, no, that's going to be too amazing if we let this through. So he's well, definitely... Well, say, say a few years ago, he got he got the nickname in the UK as Fat Denny. Yeah, so, we, we call him I, Fat Denny, too. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you if you heard that as well. But yeah, yeah. he's like old school Denegra. It's like you can just play anything, and I think I think things are slightly balanced around him. For example, I like with him, you couldn't like up any power of the beasts uh, or like, any much matter the beasts, because then suddenly you've got like mat nine heavies running around the board just like all the time. So yep. or like, make the, you make the turtle even more broken than it already is. <laughs> oh man. 
All right. So uh, before we leave introductions, I know, I mean, speaking of upcoming events, you're at one right now, right? Yeah, I'm literally sat in the car park of Firestorm Games recording this episode. I've just nipped out from playing a practice game against one of my um, fellow WTC mates. So it's the it's the Welsh Masters based in Cardiff. It is the biggest tournament in the world right now. It beat its own record last year. Last year it had 182 players, um, which I did actually win with playing Signa. And this year it's beat its own record at 190. Wow. <laughs> 190. And, and that's not a convention. That is a two-day Masters event. So there's, there That sounds incredible. One tournament. There's yeah. one tournament happening, and there's 190 sign-ups, and I, there, there won't be many drops. Like, everyone that I know is coming is, is already here. Have you gotten a chance to peruse through the lists? Yeah, um, the list the list are actually online already on um, on Conflict Chamber and a, a website called Tiebreak, which the, the UK uses for events. So I've had a little look through the lists already, and there's... Everything's pretty normal. Um, like there's nothing that's really jumped out at me. Like there's a ton of circle. Then next on the list is scorn, uh, and there's like there's thirty circle players, twenty scorn players. It's, it's a really good in, spread. Yeah, well, circle are the outlier. Yeah, and everything else is with is within two or three of each other. Like there's fifteen grimkin, fourteen men off, thirteen scripts, thirteen legion, things like that. So the the spread's really tight. It's just the top and the bottom are a bit spread out. So like circles on thirty, but then bottom there's like a convergence with two minions with two things like that. Yeah, yeah. I had a chance to look over the lists, and we'll we'll definitely post them in the show notes or when we put the episode up. Yeah. By by that point, we should have results. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be me, me winning it, right? That'll be the the result. Yeah, of course, of course. You just gotta, you just gotta like slightly master one more caster, and then you'll be all set, right? Ah, you don't need to do that. All right. I was doing it with with Haley three for nearly two years. He's one list. One list's fine. You don't need any more. <laughs> <laughs> just get lucky. Just get lucky. Is it not a three list format? Yep, it was last year as well. You don't need to play with a list. It's fine. They're just scare people. <laughs> but yeah, I, ideally, I'd have played a lot more games and had off lists I've actually played for. It's all dojo right now. It's all dojo. Are there any other upcoming events either of you want to plug, or are we ready to move on to the Sioux? So later this month, I've got MuseOnCon and Bug Eater, which are both qualifiers for Fair Weekend. Those are the only two that I have upcoming. So I, I might be looking to get on a team for NorCal Classic. Um, obviously, Lock and Load is rapidly approaching, so I'm going to be doing that, playing the Masters event there. After that, probably nothing till Attack X, unless I can find something interesting that I can actually make. Like right now, I'm potentially looking at buying a house, so I might just have no funding to go do anything after <laughs> that. <laughs> I understand that, yeah. There is a couple of events I'd like to plug. Um, they are sold out, but there is a waiting list. There's the Irish Masters held in Dublin in the middle of July, like the second weekend of July. It is sold out, but there is a waiting list. Obviously, a great event, loads of beer in Dublin, loads of Guinness. There's another one mid um called the irish gauntlets uh it's the first ig qualifier of the year over in europe so obviously the winner gets to get to next year's uh lock and load there's also battle at lund held in sweden again sold out but there is a waiting list um that's in the middle of august i will be at both of these battle at lund is more of like a, a convention masters hybrid so there'll be two masters events and a team event that feed into a invitational and it's a five-player team event, and it's just before WTC, so it gives teams a, a bit of practice as a five-man team. Kind of nice. And I will also, and it's a long way away, but I will also be going to Warfare Weekend. I went last year, and it was an absolute blast. And this year, I've got a ticket into the Invitational, so I'll be definitely going back. Oh, great. I'm excited to meet you out there. I know I'm definitely going to that one as well. I will definitely yeah. be there. 
even if I hadn't qualified, I had such a good time last time that I would go back. It is a, it is a great con. The only downside is, it is it's in St. Louis and it's a bit of a twat to get to if you're, in, if you're international. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ended up flying into Chicago and getting an Uber from Chicago. Oh, yeah, I heard that story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was us. That was us. So hopefully this year we are, we'll probably rent, rent in the car and driving down. But yeah, we'll definitely be going back. One machine weekend last year was absolutely fantastic. And that was why? That was the Greyhound buses screwed you guys? Yeah, the, the Greyhound was running late, then it cancelled, and this was at 3am in the morning after we'd been at the bus station for six hours. Oh. Yeah, um, and there was no trains till 6am, um, no sorry, 8am the next morning, and the trains were quite expensive, and there was no flight for less than 150 US dollars. So the Uber was actually the cheapest, and it cost us $400. Wow. So, yeah, well, it worked, right? And the, did the community pitch in help offset um, some of that? Yeah, so Jay Larson, the absolute babe that he is, did a, a little fundraiser for us to help get us back some money. And obviously, we didn't expect it, and we didn't want that. It's not, it's not why we did it. We wanted to get to the event. He raised, it was like about 100 US dollars. And when we got home, changed it into English, and we just gave it to charity. We didn't do it for that reason. It was just really nice that the community did that. Like, the War Machine community is, is the best in the world. The international community, everyone's absolutely brilliant. It's why I travel so much. It's why I spend so much time and money on this hobby, is the international community. I just Everyone that I've met, I've not met anyone I dislike. Everyone's lovely. Agreed. I, I've just been uh, exposing myself to more and more of the community and getting out to events, and I have not met anyone that I didn't like or that wasn't yeah. an absolute it's, sweetheart. It's why it's why I travel. Like to get to Canada, I mean, it costs for us roughly six hundred English to get to Canada, and it's worth it because you get to see people that you've not seen. Like me and Matt Waters, like we've only met each other a couple of times, but we're really great friends. So it's just it's worth it just to see everyone, and just hang out for a weekend and just chat shit. I, I love I love about the. Um, the traveling and the gaming community. So, uh, minor tangent: um, Is anyone from the UK that's actually qualified to IG going this year? There's two people qualified. I'm not going. Okay. Um, the other one because it's ridiculously expensive. Because Seattle, yeah, the flights are nearly a thousand dollars. I wonder, or, do you, maybe for future reference, do you think it would be cheaper to fly into Vancouver and then just like take a it's cheap about bus down? The same. Oh, it is. Okay. Looked at it, it's it's about a hundred dollars less. Which isn't um, much, yeah. But then you have to get from Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And you can't exactly rely on someone like Corey Doyle going, hey, mate, give three nerds a lift down, would you please? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Say that. You can't really expect that from anyone. Yeah, uh, I've just recently been learning about the magic of Vancouver because I was planning a Korea trip, and I'm like, oh, this saves me like three, $400. This is yeah. pretty insane. It's worth looking at in case you ever get these on like flight trek checker websites. Occasionally, there's a randomly really cheap one. So it is good to have as, as a, an ammo to, if you want to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I say we, we did check it, and it wasn't much cheaper. All right, fair. So I just I, wanted to I, check in. Pat Dunford's still qualified. I don't know if he's going. He might do, he might not. He was umming and ahhing last time because it's so expensive. Like The whole weekend cost us nearly 2000 and that's Ooh. English. But he needs his other gauntlets. He needs a, a leg gauntlet. <laughs> well, he's he's won the last two years back-to-back, -back, hasn't he? I think yeah, he's so... Give, a, give everybody else a chance. <laughs> Fair. All right. Well, with that, are we ready to hop into the Sioux? I'm good with that, yeah. my friend. Excellent. Can you tell us a little bit about what the Sioux is and uh, what made you want to travel for it internationally and, in general, break down to the events run there? So the Sioux, it's the um, classic American-style convention. We don't really have them in Europe at all. So it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday job. Champions on Friday, about 70-something players and champions. 
Masters on Saturday, about 130 players Masters, cut into a top eight, then top eight play Sunday. So your standard event, board games, hobby lounge, all that other bollocks going on as well. Was there a Shark Tank there as well? Like no, a solo? That was, no, that was OTC. Okay. Uh, no, it was just Champions and Masters. There's casual games going on, there's Iron Arena, all that other good stuff. Reasons I wanted to go is I wanted to go from last year. I heard a lot of the American podcasts like chatting about it and saying how much of a good event it was. And my norm, like we have in the UK, there's a few of us that travel. There's me, two of my fellow uh, teammates. We always travel to the foreign events and we looked at it and it was weirdly affordable. Flights we could get for about 300 English each from London. So it became kind of affordable for us to do. So we're like, screw it, let's do it. And just like bite the bullet and let's go. And really, really glad I did. It's an absolutely fantastic venue. I say it's in just a nice hotel. Loads of like food places, coffee places around. Just really nice. Hamilton looks a bit of a shithole, but apart from that, it was it was an alright little venue. Great atmosphere, great games. I would recommend anyone who gets the chance to go, definitely go. And it's in Canada, so it's like 40% off country. Everything's just cheaper. It's great. Excellent. Yeah, it sounds great <laughs> to the point where I think some people were taking a giant bus down from like Philly or something like that, right? That was chatted about, but I don't think it happened. Oh, it didn't happen. Vegas. Okay. I think they just flew in instead for um I don't think they could get enough people in to do it and I think they I think they just flew or like drove in cars uh everyone. I don't think the party bus happened. Okay. Yeah, I've just heard a lot of praise for that event in the US, so I'm glad oh, you had a good time. I'll be going back next year. Definitely. As soon as the dates are up, I'll be going back. Definitely. Yeah, it's going to be on my map for next year as well. It was just I a little too it. too far away and too short notice for me to drop everything and go. Too far away. Where whereabouts do you live? So I'm in it's Seattle. Not That's nothing. <laughs> it's not four thousand miles. Well, no well, Jake, I actually I just got my first passport maybe three or four weeks ago. So oh, was, wow, right, fair yeah. enough. I, I know that feeling. I I got my first passport to go to the WTC in Bel in Belgium two years ago. So mm -hmm. I know that feeling. Yeah, it's scary to plan for something when you don't know how long. Because I was getting citizenship, then waiting for my passport. And uh, it I didn't want to plan an event and bank on the government <laughs> getting me there in time. Yeah, <laughs> I, me, I, I, I get that completely. All right, so uh, what are your feelings about champs? Let's start there. So champions, obviously, Scorn are in a really good place in champions currently. And uh, we'll say if you want to talk about the our new ADR coming up as well. I think we're in the same maybe better with the uh, the next season coming up. So champs, I took Zal and Makeda. Fantastic pair. Like Zal's generally he plays just about everything in champion. And Makeda's pretty scary and I've heard she's good. I've not used her yet. One of the things that makes I think Scorn really good in champions is they have good game into the other top lists. So they have good game into Iona. They have pretty good game into the child in Grimkin. There's no Harbinger or High Reclaimer in Menoth to worry about. So I think they're just generally a good faction to take in, in the champions format. So I was I was feeling good. I wanted just a bit of fun, try and learn them, see if Scorn were a good idea to play. Basically a bit of testing really and something to do on the Friday. Yeah, because you're just looking at WTC at this point, right? And this yeah, was yeah. good good yeah. testing grounds for you. As soon as teams are selected, uh, this is going to sound not big-headed, but like a bit of a dickhead thing to say, but nothing else matters apart from WTC. It's all data for the WTC. Mm -hmm. Our current champions roster is fantastic. Uh, the most obvious pairing is Zaltu and Makeda 3. I do know that some folks 
are still looking at like Zakar Drake spam, which is a, a viable option and potentially other lists like Hexy too. But overall, yeah, I think Champs uh, has given us a pretty good roster, at least for this one. And on our next Champions roster, would you like to read that off for us, Peyton? Yeah, so the casters we have access to are Zakar, Morgul 3, Zal 1, Mordekar, and Jalam. And we have Winds of Death and Exalted as our theme options. And this could change, but it's not likely to at this point. Correct. So what do, what do the two of you think about this roster? I like all the casters on it, and I really like Exalted. I'm not sold on any of these casters and wins of death. I think Morgul 3 probably has gained there. I would much rather it be a different theme force, but I think you can make do with Morgul 3 wins of death and uh, Zal 1 and Exalted. I think I so too. Yeah. My thoughts on them is um, so Zal 1 is an absolutely fantastic list. Like that is your generalist. Get reps with it, get practice into the other things you're going to see in, um, in Champions. The only bugbear that springs to mind is Haley 3. So I'm pretty sure Haley 3 smashes most of that Scorn roster. Mm-hmm. Apart from Morgul 3 and Winds of Death. I think you just tech that list to play Haley, and I think you're fine. I think it involves a Mammoth or a Hydra and then two Turtles. And you just you play so you play the long game against Haley. You blind units, kill them, blind long gunners, and I think that's how you play against that. I think you just tech Morgul, play Signar. Sloan might be a bit of a problem, but it's not in heavy metal. It's in Dawn Division, I think. The other theme. So you're probably not going to get blown up because you, you won't get any free cards if you just spam hunters and spam Minutemen. So I don't think Sloan will be as good into um, into Morgul. And Morgul still may be fine into Sloan as well, but it's, it's Haley 3 is the scary, the scary one for me. As a, as a Haley 3 player, I'd look at that champion's roster and go, I'm fine, Morgul 3 might get a bit spicy. Yeah. It's really interesting what they're trying to do with champions, and I think that they're getting closer to that goal than they ever were before, but there's definitely still a couple of outliers. I'm not particularly pleased with wins. I, I kind of wish we had Masters of War as our theme, just because the, this roster is very interchangeable with those two themes, and you can get a lot of fun flexibility and variety. And I do not love the Winds of Death theme benefits much. <laughs> I mean, they practically don't exist. Hey, yeah, that I, role is I, really I good on Spreadnet. <laughs> uh, Jake, have you ever had a chance to read Mordecai's card yet? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, I've got a vague idea what he does. I know he makes Void Spirits and Despoilers in there, and he has some kind of Death Skew-ish and something else, Poltergeist. I have yeah. no idea, if I'm honest. And, uh, he's, he's just such a funky caster, like, just you know, all over the place. Essence Blast is also one of the most dumb spells in the game. Essence Blast, Archon Assassination is a thing. Yeah. that about sums up our feelings on the champions roster like i think it's still pretty good and i think that we can make do with it even though there might be either a caster or a theme swap that i would prefer right Um, but going into the rest of the field we're probably fine it's the best you could ask for without writing it yourself yeah does that make sense yeah without writing it yourself i think you look at it and go yeah that's fine i'd rather it be something else but it's manageable the rest Agreed. of the field, I think it's fine. Like maybe there's a there's something in ret with the um the dawn mowers that maybe messes up your day a little bit, but yeah. it's probably fine. I don't think it's as good as it could be, but I think we came out okay. Like if you look at Circle, they've been absolutely shot on from a big height. Right? Yeah. Some of the other th- some of the other factions have been proper screwed over. And that's the only downside I've experienced with champions is every now and then your faction sucks in champions. Yeah, and that really just determines if you play champions or not. Or if you bring a second faction. <laughs> that too. <laughs> in the UK and Europe, we don't have champions. We don't hear either, really. Yeah, it's your big cons will have it on day one when not everyone's there yet. That's about it. 
All right, are we ready to hop into some games? Yeah. Yep. Okay, so uh, I'll, I'll leave this to you, Jake. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go through all of your matchups real quick? And if we, we can stop you if we have any anything we'd like more detail on or... Um, I can I can fly through champions quite quickly and then just pick out the interesting games and I can do something similar with masters if you like. Yeah, that's good. So like the champions, so like round one, I got Sorcerer three on invasion round one uh, in Man of War theme. Before I know, I drop Zal every single round of both events, so I can cut a bit out. And it, it just turned into a bit of a... Um, I can't remember any guys' names, really, unfortunately. I wasn't really paying, paying attention. And it just turned into a long grind where Immortals trade into Manowars a lot better than Manowar trade into Immortals. Um, the Supreme's running around doing whatever the hell he likes, and it just basically grinds out, and I end up winning on scenario. Just uh, And it was like... 5-0, bottom of 6 or something. I also go second in every single game this weekend as well. Is that by winning and choosing so, or do your opponents choose to give it to you? Both. Okay. Um, I only won the role a couple of times, but every single game I went second, and I believe that is the correct thing to do with Zal. I, I agree. Do not, I do not see a reason to go first with him. The only, the only thing I can maybe think of is on a scenario like the Pit 2 against a slow army. So let's try and think of one. Trolls, that isn't called Grimmer. That's the only reason I could see going first. Does that um, exist? It, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find a needle in a haystack here. <laughs> so yeah, that was my round one. Round two, I get Cyrenia on standoff. Cyrenia with all medium bases. I thought this was going to go a little bit worse for me because we actually have the same amount of boys. He has just all the medium bases and a few exemplar. Again, turns into just a slap fest in the middle. The Supreme puts in an absolute shift and kills so many models, killing heavies, just threshing medium bases off the board. He's so, so good in the matchup. And again, I just grind it out on scenario. He has a few unlucky rolls. Like he sends one of his medium bases in, uh, one of his bastion units, and like misses. Is a couple of set sevens to hit, six to hit, like fails to break armor with weapon masters. Uh, the dice don't really go his way, but the the grind is going my way a lot more. Round three, I get Vlad two on the pit two. Doom Reavers is one of the matchups I think might be bad for us. Might be bad for Zal is because he brings more boys and his boys trade into your boys even on feet turn. So again, I, I go second, run some boys. Like he runs at me. I give him a few boys for vengeance. He obviously takes them because he sort of has to, or else I'm going to alpha him. And again, we just grind in the middle. Just keep grinding and grinding and grinding. And it, eventually, like the Supreme comes in. He starts killing like six, seven boys a turn. He can't keep up on scenario. And I eventually take over and, and win on bottom of seven. I think nine, four or something. So again, they have a great game, but it involves um, you have to be really careful about your placements and like, how many boys you're happy to lose for the trade of getting uh, vengeances and getting really stuck into the grind and not getting all your boys killed, really. Annihilation is also weirdly good in that matchup because like, he can't be targeted by spells, but you just scatter Annihilations onto him. Then you get the soul train running early, so you start getting souls on all your UAs, souls on um, on your Supreme, so you're always full. You can start with the boys that he does kill, you're already full of souls, so then you, you then each of your solos are trading for more. Your Supreme's constantly trading. I think that's what we have to be careful of in that matchup. Um, yeah, I like that. that. That's some pretty good tech. Yes, uh, I think it's quite good. I like Say you can just like kill a few boys early. There's no downside to you. Just like even if you kill like three guys with two annihilations, bottom of one, still worth it. It's still three souls. 
Next round, I played Rimkin Child on Spread the Net. This one's on stream as well, on the Moose Machine stream. I remember the guy's name, a guy called Paul, lovely bloke, and we had an absolutely fantastic grinding game. I started to play quite cagey and just like use my art node to snipe off Gremlin Swarms because the scenario really favours Zal. It's a fast scenario, you can get up ahead, I'm going second, and then Grimkin kind of struggles sometimes on a liver scenario. Not all the time, but it is something they need to be careful of. And then he, on my feet turn, he almost acted a little bit too cagey. He should have probably jammed me um, mm-hmm. he said it like he bricked up and I'm fine with him bricking up because of cockatrices he can't trigger the accursed arcana which is a really big problem for Zal is accursed it turns off your feet like, he can't trigger it off clocks so you just spend time killing the clocks first, then kill his other heavies. So you can't trigger a curse. You can only trigger a curse after you're feated. That's the the dream anyway. Again, really great game. Uh, managed to grind that one out on scenario. Semi-finals time now. Sorry, I'm rattling through these a little bit quickly. So there's quite a lot to go through. Semi-finals time. I get my fellow WTC mates and English guy called Ben Hampshire playing Grimkin again, playing Child on pit two. Again, I drop Zal, go second, which is standard affair. And again, we just resort to just slapping each other in the middle, grinding it out. Ben's an absolutely fantastic player. Like With Grimkin, he's absolutely ridiculous. Played them for about a year and a half half now since the book came out and it's a super super close game but I do end up closing it out on um, on scenario I managed to like score two score two points bottom of two then just score a point every turn and grind out till turn seven I know Peyton had some questions about this yeah. game right so Brent Simon's a local of mine. He's been playing a ton of Child in Dark Menagerie. And so majority of my games have either ended with, if we're playing on a live scenario, I can win on scenario. If we're not, I end up being slightly out of attrition. Ended up losing the game bottom of six, bottom of seven. So I was really curious about this game because it's on one of the most dead scenarios in the entire packet. Yes, I agree. So it's, it is a bad scenario for you and you have to play it really, really safe. Basically what you do is he wants his clocks forward because they're the most mobile, uh, the best contesting pieces. They just jump around a lot. So he wants them forward, but he can't trigger a curse off them. Again, this is a big thing. So right. early on, you just kill them. You don't, you don't touch anything else. You just kill them and feet into him. So you've killed two heavies and you've feated. There's not much you can do into you. He can't kill you supreme. Uh, he can kill a few boys, but not a lot. His solos are pretty tanky. Then the next turn, you go in and try and get at least one heavy. Hopefully that's enough. Basically, you have to kill three heavies and hope it's enough. So uh, on that, bottom That's of... about as far as you go from it. So on bottom of two, how did you score two? You cleared your zone. Did you kill the objective or, did, or were you yeah. able to clear the center zone? So right. always set up to kill the objective on that scenario. Just right. start the train coming. Start the point train going. You have to kill the objective. So I killed the objective and I forced a stutter on the other side. And if, if he didn't stutter out of the zone, I would kill the clock. So All I right. set it up where three boys would charge the cockatrice and there was an AG ready to go in after the three boys. So the three boys did about half health and triggered the stutter. Then if he didn't stutter out of the zone, I would just kill it. So the power 16 boosting yeah. AG. So basically you forced the Grimkin player to make them choices. All right, that makes sense. But again, it is such a hard game. So I've actually changed my Zal list from the list I played at the Sioux. I've actually dropped the Kraya out and I've put in a... Shaman. Uh, Shaman. For the, for the Dreamer game. Not the Child game, for the Dreamer game. All right. Because uh, I think you need it, because Enfeeble just screws you over so much. Yes. Um, and it's also another gun for Gremlin Swarms. I mean, I know he doesn't ignore stealth, but it's still another way to get Gremlin Swarms. It's not terrible. Yeah, I've been thinking about the Shaman more and more as I evaluate how useful the Kraya is into the majority of games that I've been playing. Uh, like, I just had a game into Denny 2 recently where it wasn't particularly useful against her spell set, but just seeing debuffs in general, yeah, that, that Animus is very great. 
I, I agree, definitely. And I, I definitely for Dreamer, I think you need it. And Craft Talisman isn't too shabby. Yeah, the Craft Talisman's a brilliant ability to have as well. I've also started seeing Rebuke casters start to come back a little bit between locals starting to pick up Cougar 2 again, Harby starting to pick up in popularity, Brent said he's starting to get excited about Striker 2 again. Yeah, Rebuke is a thing. Yeah, and it's really bad on Immortals. Yeah. (laughs) Or the Supreme Guardian, if they can. (laughs) I had a Harby player cast Rebuke on my Supreme Guardian four times in one turn, and uh, I was very sad. I agree. But yeah, absolutely fantastic game against Ben. Like, it was so relaxed. It's so nice to play like one of your regulars. Like, I'm really glad I did get him in the semis. It was just so chilled out. Like, everyone was watching the other stream game and we were off stream. We were just in a corner just chatting. And then it took a while for me to realise that this was the other semi-finals going on. So like a crowd appeared, but not till like turn five, turn six. So we were just so like really chilled out about it. It was the last game and like, a little bit of a lunch uh, break afterwards because the other game took a long time to finish as well. So it was really, it was really chilled out. It was very nice. Then in the finals, so I get uh, Iona on Mirage, again against a fellow WTC mate called Mark. Again, really nice to play each other in the final. Again, just a lovely game. Like We both know how to play against each other. We both know how each other plays. Again, it was really chilled out. It's really nice to have in a, in a final game where you're not worrying about things. We've known each other for years. We play each other nearly every week. So again, it's really nice. And this game is it's a bit interesting. The, um, the Zara-Iona game is a little bit interesting. Obviously, you want to go second, like I did. And so basically, yeah, you play super defensively. You try and score two, try and snipe the solos out with your Art Nolan Thunder Spirits. So he's starting to struggle with scoring his own flag. And basically, you just set up like vengeance traps with him because obviously he has vengeance as well. But Immortals trade into Tharn really, really good. If I could stop you for a second, what was his Iona loadout like? Uh, Iona with a bird, uh, double max ravagers with UAs, Min ambushing girls, double obviously Lord of the Feast, Shaman. No twins, right? No, no twins, I don't think. No, no yeah. twins. Okay. We agree that we don't really think they're that good. Mm-hmm. If they get to kill a Colossal, yeah, fine, but they never get to kill a Colossal. Fair. Uh, I don't like, they're good at doing one thing, but that's all they do, really. And they have double Wolf Rider Champion, who are absolutely crazy. I, I, I don't see why, I don't see more of them in Tharn lists. I think they're absolutely brilliant. They are fantastic. <laughs> oh, and they're free as well, so yay. Just do so much work. I could get redeemed with guns for free. I'd play that all day. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much. So, yeah, so basically we chatted with Mark after the game and said, obviously, I, I did win the game, won champions. And he played, uh, we're both quite tired. I think we agreed with that he played a little bit too defensively. He basically tried to out-defensive Zal, who plays defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see what he was trying to do, but uh, in two hours' time, Zal just wins that, is what Zal does. I was scoring ahead of him. I managed to clear the middle flag, so I was always up on points and just winning the grind. So I, I eventually just tweaked it out on scenario. I think it was 9-4, I think, on scenario, or something like that. Or like 8-3, I can't, can't quite remember, but I managed to win it on scenario. Again, it was just a really great game, really nice and relaxed, and just good to play. So I was really excited to win Champions uh, with a faction I'd never played before, which kind of nice. <laughs> yeah, must feel good. <laughs> yeah, I'd have, I, I enjoyed the I'd game. Have... I watched it on stream as it, yeah. as it was happening. It was, it, was, it was a nice game. It was like nice to explore the faction. Uh, well, explore one list, should I say. But yeah, it was, uh, it, was just, it was just brilliant. I, I really enjoyed playing them. And I actually did bring Signal with me to the Masters. I changed my list to play Scorn in the Masters. <laughs> like, I, I was wondering once. about that, yeah. Yeah. I inputted Signal lists into the Masters, and I was like, screw it, I've won this. Might as well, uh, might as well play Scorn and see what happens. Yeah, and it worked out. <laughs> Spoilers, but yeah. <laughs> So Masters, so yeah, that's champs over. Really great event, good opponents, very nice time. Masters again, I go second in every game and I drop Zal in every game. Round one, I get Jagger Jagger on standoff. 
this had the potential to be a bit of an interesting game because he had four the squids. Okay. Um, which who have overtake and four inch reach. Uh huh. And signs importance because of Jaga Jaga, right? Assigned important. So, yeah, so the assigned important, they're hitting and killing immortals with overtake, four inch reach, and three initials. Yeah, seems pretty good. So, it had the potential to be a bit interesting. So, I went second again and basically played super defensively, trying to not get squidded. <laughs> and I, I did actually let his. I forgot about the pull, so I left the bonds back within reach of him, but not within beak range of him. And obviously, he just pulled the bonds back in and killed the bonds back, I think, top of two, which was a little bit. So I lost the bonds back really early, which is kind of annoying. But then in the in the in the counter attack, I killed the squid back. So we traded a heavy, and then he advanced up, and I managed to get another heavy on that turn. So I was already two heavies up, and I'd feed it into him. And there's not a great deal he can do into my feet. So I just managed to grind it out on scenario, basically every turn just killing a heavy or killing two heavies. Then the supreme just runs the board because he can't kill it. Yep. Damn. Yeah, that sounds about That's right. Cool. Yeah, really good opponent, very nice guy. But I say, just um, sort of Zal and scenario was a bit of a problem for him. Next round, uh, I get the Scorn Mirror, and I get he has Morgul 2, something else, and Zal 2 in his pair. And I don't think he wanted to play the Zal 2 Mirror. I don't think he wanted to be that sad. So we had identical lists, pretty much. But he had lights in his battle group, and I had a bonds back. So he dropped Morgul into me, and I'll, on paper, I was a little bit concerned about this. And this is an Exalted? Morgul 2 is an Exalted, or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um... Single Supreme, all the boys, the spoiler in the battle group, couple of the bits and bobs. Uh, and I was a little bit concerned about this game. I, I thought the blind would really screw me over, but then at the same time, my feet screws him over. Because obviously, he, has to, he wants to blind and come into me, then I feet and go back into him, and I have the boosting mechanic so I can get around his feet somewhat. Yeah. So I go second, it's on Mirage. We have a bit of a joke saying, like, whoever feet second loses, right? And then he sort of, I try and bait him with a top of two feet. And literally, I let Morgul. I have the ability to feed on every single model in my army. I do it on purpose. I like, I've run my entire army at him. I'm going, come on, then feet on me. Because if he feeds then, the game's over. I do nothing. <laughs> he doesn't score, and I do. Uh, and obviously, he doesn't take the bait. The bait's a bit too silly. So then, the bottom of two, he expects me to feed, but I just back off, contest his elements, and score two, and don't feed. So I pressure him into feeding. Oh, yeah. So then he obviously comes forward, he feats, he kills like maybe 10 boys, but that's about it. But then he, he doesn't notice I've got an installer soul ward in my list, so he runs his battle engine at me as well. Because he's like, well, you can't kill it, because like, there's no there's no beasts near it, everything's blind, you can't kill it. Then I just walk the poop holder over, I have like, my battle engine, and then just kill my battle engine, and it's his. That is pretty devastating. Because I also, I've got vision on the battle engine, so I vision the defensive strike. So I have the battle engine for another turn. Because if he defensive strikes and spikes, he might be able to kill it under my feet because of mortality. Uh, yep. Mortality and the spoiler, so he might be able to kill it under my feet, which is a bit annoying. Uh, I do manage to grind it out and then just win on, win on scenario. Again, great game, great opponent, but sort of the Zal 2 going second scenario game is just, it's just so powerful. Round three, I get Ben Hampshire again playing Grimkin. This time I get the, the big boy casters, I get Dreamer. On the same scenario as well, on pit two as well. So same scenario and a very similar laid out table as well. Again, I drop Zal, I go second, and he only makes one error in the game, and I only make one as well, but mine doesn't cost me anything. So basically, I start with the Operation Kill Cockatrices, and he gives me an early Cage Rager, because he sent it up to Enfeeble, one of my units. So I'm, I see a Cage Rager, and I'm like, oh, fuck it, I can, I can kill him. And then he forgets to trigger a curse on it. So it's the bottom of two, that's where he should have cursed. And he yeah. gets, because we're, we're chatting about other stuff and just we're, we're quite chilled out. So that's his one mistake of the game, and that basically costs him. Because I do the same thing. I score, I think I only score one in this game, bottom of two. Then next turn, I score one. He doesn't, so I'm still two ahead. 
and then we just grind and grind and grind and he's slowly clawing it back but we're low on time and he makes a really brave Dreamer play and gets to contest my zone where I didn't think he could but it left Dreamer out in the open with no death knell on a one camp and Zalj went over and just assassinated after spells he had like 16 Fury or something stupid Oof. so yeah I just shot Sun of Spirits at her and killed her that way so I got a bit lucky he was winning the grind but it required some big plays from Dreamer to get it right, occasionally Zal has 16 Fury and kills you Warcaster just one of those things that happens sometimes but again, really good game. But that's the game I think you need the Shaman for. I think you have to have an out for Enfeeble. Like, boys are power 11. Then they're also missing heavies because they need nines to hit Skin and Mons. Yeah, map four. They need nines to hit stuff, so you have to have an Enfeeble out, I believe. Yeah, that's just no good. So yeah, I managed to squid that out on Assassination. Really lucky. Next round, I get Rhett uh, on Recon 2. He's got Gareth 2, Ossian, and Raven. And he drops Raven, which we chatted about it, and we think it was a mistake. I was really scared of Gareth 2 with just the door mowers and just killing my entire army. Yeah. I think it's what, which I think is what he'll do. Again, we sort of set up. Uh, he runs at me. I don't do anything back to him. I give him some vengeance triggers. I do quite a cute play with the bronze back. I just run the bronze back at him and he starts shooting it. And obviously, that's hyper aggressive. So it's moving around the board, chasing after these desters. Then the desters, instead of after shooting me, have to repo behind me so I don't counter charge them. But then behind my bronze back, there's 10 immortals. So the desters have traded nothing and they'll all die to immortals in my next turn. He gets a little bit unlucky on his feet turn, misses quite a lot of fives with the Invictors shooting immortals. And he has to send Hyperion in to kill the bronze back in melee because of where he's ended up. Can't just shoot him to death with, the, with Raven or, um, or just shoot him to death with the Hyperion have to commit to melee and that really set the tempo of the game it's basically that I've set the line of engagement and I can basically do whatever I want like the supreme goes in he kills a battle engine my boys are just charging at him just trading boys for boys he's struggling to kill my boys in melee because his deaths are dead the other battle engine he's, he's now struggling as well because there's a supreme in his face and I feated so it just it just goes a little bit south for him quite quickly. So he does have some unfortunate dice but then there's all scenario train just starts picking up steam and there's not a lot you can really do about it, unfortunately. But I qualify for the top eight there, going four and zero, which is really nice. Really a bit shocked, but really happy that I've managed to do it. Again, that night, we go out for some dim sum with the Soetis. Eat loads and loads of food. I was a really nice time chilling out, having a few beers, eating some nice grub. So really nice chilled out night on the Saturday. Then the Sunday comes round, top eight. So round one, I get Danny McGeehan playing Iona. Me and Danny met last year at the WTC. He came over to the English guys. We rented out two top floor apartments in Warsaw and basically set up like a battle bunker. We had about eight tables, I think, at one point, and we were just playing games for the entire week before the WTC. So I met him there and we became good friends over it. And it's on a really dead scenario. It's on invasion, so it's really bad for me. So I've got to play it like, perfectly in this game. I do fuck up. I do make some mistakes, which is not great for me. But the game starts and I've got to play to get three points on invasion, bottom of two, which is absolutely huge. If I get them, all right, the game's over. I actually don't get any. I don't clear a zone. I don't kill the objective and I don't score the zone. But then him coming into me, all his vengeance attacks missed. Ravagers missing charge attacks or killing a boy and I'm toughing. So then his dice go south as well on the same turn. So then bottom of three, I get to do the same, but feet into him. 
So then I go in and I score two into his nothing and feet. And he comes into me, doesn't score. And then we start the grind in the middle. And he plays the bird really wide on my right-hand side. And I'm able to bully the bird with the Supreme. Because the Supreme with Vision and Agonizer, the bird doesn't kill me. Because he can't charge for free. Because if he can't, he mark me. The defensive strike might just take out an aspect. And I have Vision and I'm armor 21. So I can be really aggressive with my battle engine. And he has to sort of play the bird really cautiously. And then uh, it ends up with Danny clocking. Which is unfortunate. I, I don't like to see. I don't like to win by clock. I don't like to see it. But I'd say it's in the it's in the finals. I'll take what I can get. Really fantastic guy. I'd say anyone gets a chance to play him or knows him. Danny's like such a gentleman to play against. Super nice. Uh, it was just nice having a really chilled out, casual game. But obviously in a high pressure environment. I think it's the key to enjoying uh, conventions. You're friendly with your opponent. You're gonna spend the next two hours with this person. Don't be a dick. I think there's, there's so much value in that. Like take every game and just be nice and just just chilled out about it. Yeah, communicate, set the terms you want to play on, be nice, and you're going to have a great game, whether you win or lose. Yeah, be firm, just don't be a dick. Yeah. So yeah, I managed to win that game on clock, which is nice. The next round, I this is where I think I'm going to go out. I get Josh Bates, Canada WTC, playing the Rochef three huge base list. And I think now this is where I lose, because that list is the best mirror list, in my opinion. I think yeah. it just absolutely destroys any other scorn list. This is the the one matchup all of us were like, how the hell did you get past this? <laughs> just play better, mate. Just casual, just play better. I don't want to take anything away from Josh, but say there was a couple of little mistakes which ended up costing him. So bottom of one, I managed to get two of his solos just with running an art node and just sh- spelling them to death. Mm-hmm. Basically, I rolled some fives. If I rolled four fives in a row, I killed the Dakar and a Soul Ward, which is really nice. So I managed to get them early. So it's on spread the net, and I'm going second. So he's struggling for solos for the flag now. He's only got three left, and one of them is Mark F, and he doesn't want to stand Mark F there. So that sort of sets the tempo of, like, I'm going to bring this to a scenario game. He has to like, play quite aggressively, but also respect that my battle engine gets to have two turns and his don't. Does that make sense? So like, yeah. if he battle engine, my battle engine kills it and feats. No, it's if a... he puts a battle engine into my threat range, I kill it and feet. His only get one turn of going in because then I just kill it. So effectively, I have two battle engines, he has three. But he has to initiate the trade with one of his battle engines because I'm never committing mine. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And I, I like that you started out the game doing a Rasheth trick onto Rasheth and taking out his solos. <laughs> yeah, it's great, isn't it? I love it. Honestly, the, the art node in Zal 2 is so big. It just the art node, along with the Soul Ward, are just they are huge in the ma- in matchups. They just get you free points. They set tempos, they just they just help you win and then win the scenario grind game that Zal wants to do. And eventually, like, we get to it and we start grinding. I failed to claim my zone at one point, which is really big. Um, one of the pig girls he puts in the zone toughs, and I don't have a good way to clear it out. So I only score one. On the bottom of three, I only score one. But bottom of two, I score two. Top of three, he scores two. But the next turn, he only scores one back at me because I've put immortals into his square zone, so he can't kill them all. He can kill some with a turtle, but he can't kill them all. And the turtle's on babysitting duty of that zone because he can't put anything else in there. And eventually, we should start trading. I've cleared all his chaff, but half of my Mortals are dead, and I've still got all my solos. So then the solos are going in, and an ancestral's like taking half health off a turtle, and then the mortals going into turtles, and I eventually drop one. I think bottom of four, and he's not gone into my supreme yet, so it's looking a bit dicey for him. And yeah. I, put, I, put, I put my cast in a silly place. Like the grinds happened. Like I've won on the table. I, I let him try to assassinate my caster, and he misses a boosted six to clear the lane for his supreme. If he hits that, I might die because Rosheth gets to shoot Zal as well, not just send the supreme in with one attack. But he fails the assassination. I live on like three boxes, and then we just we just call it there basically. 
But yeah, absolutely fantastic performance. Josh is such a nice guy. We have a good laugh. We had a bit of a cuddle afterwards as well. And <laughs> yeah, we had, we had a hug on the floor. It was nice. Again, it's like such a sweet game. Again, really relaxed, really casual. Just like open information, no gotchas. And obviously, he's been playing score a lot better than me. So I'm just asking him, him, him my stats and rules. Just like <laughs> double checking things. So yeah, really nice play against. Then we get to the finals. Again, I get Mr. McWaters in the finals. And me and him were, like, we're, we're really good friends. We've known each other for a while. Like, we chat quite a lot uh, on the internet. And we were joking, saying, oh, see you in the final, mate, on on, on Saturday. And it happened. So that's uh, really nice. It's on the stream. There's some pictures floating around the internet that there's us both half naked. But apparently we're not allowed to do that on Twitch anymore. Uh, so <laughs> we, we were, we were going to play the finals uh, shirtless. To everyone's dismay around us. But, like, we're both quite big guys. It, it would have been pretty. But again, it was like, Matt is such a gentleman to play. Again, such a lovely bloke. I don't I don't mean to suck his dick too much, but it was just an absolute pleasure to play against. And we just had an absolute grinding slap fest of Osram into Zal. We rolled to the starting roll, and I won it. And I, I jumped and said, oh, let's roll to win. And I won it. And it was like, cool, guess that's game then. Because obviously going second in that matchup was so huge. It was on week on two. So it's such a great scenario for me. And also a good scenario for him if he goes second as well. But eventually we just have an absolute slap fest in the middle, grind it out. Uh, he's killing my boys, I'm killing his heavies, I'm sniping solos, he's killing my solos. It's an absolute clusterfuck in the middle. But he managed to drop my Supreme, the turn after my feet, which I didn't think he'd do. It was a bit close, but I thought I would be okay with it. But he managed to drop the Supreme. I made a slight error, I didn't give the Supreme a shield guard, so he managed to get the mortar on me to finish me off. Bit of a stoppy play on my part. So I thought that was the turning point of the game. But, but I'm two points ahead of Matt, so he's always equaling my score. And then... On the top of seven, he goes for a play where he scores two, contests, and then would be able to block me out of zones, so I couldn't physically contest him. So then he'd win on army points, bottom of seven, by three army points, I think we worked out after the game. At. And we're both looking at each other, and we both know this is going to happen, and then Max dies to do absolutely shit the bed. He misses six fives in a row, and boosted eight. If he gets the eight... And one of them fives, I have to do so much more work. Basically, I have to hope that one of the fives he gets is one of the later ones, so I can actually contest his zone, and it doesn't happen. So I feel a bit shitty for how the game ended, because like his dice just absolutely let him down so much. And without that, he probably wins. I might find a way to win, but it becomes a lot harder than just killing two boys and contesting. But yeah, absolutely fantastic finals game. Loved every minute of it. And yeah, it was just so relaxed, so nice. Like we're so, we, we understand each other so much and like, we didn't need a judge. It was just nice to play. And like the finals of a, one of the biggest cons in America. And we were just, we were sat down chilling. We actually paused the clock halfway through the game because Chris all texts Matt asking if he wants anything from Starbucks. So I made a, we had a coffee order halfway through the game. We were that casual. So it was just really, really nice. Yeah, like, sorry to run through that quickly. There was a lot of information there that I've thrown at you. But yeah, absolutely fantastic event. And I would recommend anyone going to it. And yeah, I was really happy when taking down both events with a brand new faction. Score on OP. <laughs> I absolutely recommend that people watch this Masters final, by the way. Like, I, I thought it was an incredible game. And I did not yeah. realize that the Army Points play was going to be so close if it were pulled off. Yeah, it was, we worked it out afterwards. He would, if I kill the Mortar, he still wins by three points because he kills the Soul Lord with an extra attack that he would have spent on the uh, killing the Immortal in his zone. He could kill the Soul Lord and that would be the three points he would win with. But yeah, it was so close. And cause, like, he went into the tank a little bit that turn and he did it and he was just muttering to himself. Then it sort of clicked with me as well. of Like, holy shit, this is actually how he wins the game. So I thought I was going to win on just on scenario. 
Yeah, watch, watching it, I thought you were going to win on scenario as well. Yeah. So, so did everybody. Like, they thought, like, oh, so Jake's got the scenario. But he hits the first five for argument's sake. He then blocks me out of the zone because I can't run a Baron into the top zone. He then kills the Soul Ward with his caster. Then I can't run the Soul Ward into contest the flag. And my heavy's too far away. And then if he kills the Novitiate on the flag, I don't score one back to him. So he effectively goes one ahead of me, doesn't equal. So then Zal has to sit on the flag, and I only have three models left. I have a bronze back who has to clear the zone. I have an ancestral guardian who can run and contest his flag, but can't get in his zone. And I have a baron who can't get in his zone either. So it becomes really difficult. So I'm going to score two to go one ahead, but then Matt is probably going to score one back at me. Yeah. So then it goes to army points destroyed. He basically has two heavies left, and I only have one and an AG and, and a baron. So I'm on 27 points. He's on 19 plus Eris plus Madeline. So yeah, he wins by three. Yeah, that, that's amazing. I don't know if I would have spotted that with the amount of time he had left. Again, it's going to sound like, I'll say, like, like two my own horn or like blowing Matt off a little bit too much. But because we've both played attrition casters and both played a very top level for a long time, we see players that win us games with two minutes left. So like, because of how much I've played Haley 3, like, I'm used to winning on turn 7 or taking games to turn 7. And like, there's games that I've won with Haley. Like, I've got one man left in this trench unit, runs 12 inches to my ball edge because he might just lose me the game if he dies. It is just experience and reps with the lists and experience in matchups is where like this game might go to army points destroyed you need to like bottom of six just do a quick count up just in case then think about how you're going to play that turn from there on also on the stream you might hear um me being a bit loud and um i think you heard i think you heard this me telling the commentators to shut up at one point oh yeah which was fair like in the context yeah, yeah. it's just what you know when like the room deadly silent and all you can hear is just one voice it's like there's why uh I, when a voice like cuts through the noise it's like all you can hear yeah, I, cause I was a bit stressed. Me and Matt both had about five minutes left on our clocks. I was just like, shut up. You said please. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, mean, I was on the stream normally. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was dead silent there. Like, I, I could not hear anything. And I'm it imagining that they're silent. Yeah. It was reasonable. At first, I was somewhat shocked because just the contrast with the room and then uh, the, just there's a large contrast in volume, but it was completely uh, reasonable. And at that point in time, because just you could hear every word the judge was saying. So, yeah, I, I, I was a bit of a dick here because I, I don't think the in credit the judge did a fantastic event, fantastic running of the event. I don't think he was ready for how informal that final was going to be between me and Matt. Like, mm -hmm. We were both just like, yeah, sure, mate. Just like, yeah, you're in. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. And I like, think the judge was like, I'm not used to how chilled out this has been. And I think that like, the commentators as well weren't used to like, how chilled out this game's going to be. Yeah. Um, because of like me and Matt knowing each other for so long and like been been good friends, like we knew there's going to be zero controversy. There's going to be like zero rules questions. Just going to be really casual. It was very really nice. You also went to watching the watching the stream. Did you like the commentary bottom of two on my turn and the bottom of three on my turn as well? Oh, that was yeah. Th that was really confusing because I. Oh, it was it was beautiful. I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Because it was the I next turn, I see the the golden token, and I'm like, he didn't have that last turn. Like, what's going on? I think it. I think it was Tim, which was like, oh my god, this changes everything. I was like, yep, because I, I I knew like so me and Matt had the same joke. We're like, like we both have control feats. Like, if you second, you lose, right? If you feet first, you lose. And we're both joking about it. And I think the commentators heard me say I'm going to feet, and I didn't. So I think they expected a feat out of me. So I see. I, I don't think you can. I think it's... Obviously, every game's different, but I think you have to hold it until he feats. I think you just have to. 
Yeah, and to, to me, you, you didn't you didn't you even position like you were gonna feed. No, basically you have to you have to suck it up and just. I, I didn't place that brilliantly. I should have basically let him kill about ten immortals, and I actually let him kill about sixteen, which is that's bad. If you let him kill ten, it's fine. Sixteen, it starts to hurt my numbers. Now I don't have enough boys to, to bring back the scenario. So I think you need to basically you need to be so cautious that turn. Like back your boys up, just contest where you need to. Don't let him blow you out of scenario. And then next turn you go in, you feet, and then you just hope to God that it's enough. It's a super super hard matchup. I think as well. It basically it's it comes down to who makes the mistake first. Who blinks first loses in that. Yeah, well, what do you think, Peyton? Do you got any questions about any of the games that we just blasted through? No, the Masters run, I most of it made sense, um, besides the Rasheth game, but after hearing about the couple mistakes that he made, it largely makes sense. Yeah, the, the Rasheth game, it's like, I don't want to like, blow me on trumpet or take any away from Josh, but it, like with players of equal skill, like I say, WTC players are, he was slightly favoured on paper. All it takes is just one, something slightly minor, and then a good player will capitalise on that. For myself, it's like that bottom of one, killing two solos. Suddenly, I've set the scenario tempo. I'm like, okay, whatever solo you put on that flag, I am going to kill. You have three solos remaining. Choose wisely. Yeah, and that's always a struggle with low model count lists is that, like you said, a small mistake against equal opponents, but it could even be uh, blown out even further when your model count is low. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and um, it is the weakness to that Rochef list. It has, like, six models. That is literally the weakness to the list. Yeah. It doesn't have many models. The list is fucking outstandingly good. Yeah, it, it is susceptible to yeah. small placement errors and your opponent spiking dice really high. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was playing against some WTC players uh, last weekend, and just a very small misposition cost me to lose two huge bases, and it was uh, it sucked. We didn't get to finish the game because we were going out for dinner with everybody, but I most definitely would have gotten stomped out. Could have gotten a single railless in reply and maybe a heavy. Like I say, with players at the, at the very top level, like games can come down to literally, and if like you're losing one misplacement by an inch, right, a good player will have seen that and just be like, right, that's how I win. They'll go into the game with like, you fuck up, I will take this game off you. Yeah, that, that's basically what it comes down to. Obviously, obviously, we play a dice game, the dice involved. Every now and then, you spike like mad. Every now and then, you spike really low. It's um. What my, my friend Ben has said about playing Grimkin is like Grimkin is super, super strong right now. But every now and then, two weapon masters kill a cage rager, and you've just got to have to deal with it. And I think I think playing Scorn is, is very similar. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, three cav are going to go into your turtle, and they're going to kill it. Or there's going to be a random gunshot. It's like, it's like, oh yeah, roll triple six on damage, take ten points, please. And you're like, oh god, that's, that's a third of my health gone. Yep. Every now and yep. then, it's just going to happen. And I think from a Scorn perspective, you have to be able to deal with that. Sometimes, dice are going to spike on you, and your turtle's going to die, or your Supreme's going to die. In the game against them at Waters, Copper 2, her car had a mortar sat on his head and was on one box. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, whoops, there's a there, there's my mistake. There we go. Just sometimes that just happens and you've just got to deal with it. That's why I threw him away. Because like whatever soul I put in that flag is going to die anyway. He has to kill a car. Because if he doesn't kill a car, a car's gonna start killing his heavies back. Dead anyway, I'll just put him there and get a point for him. And then he's he's earned his he's earned his free slot. I've got a point out of him. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh in many regards, you know, sometimes when they spike against us, quite frankly, we deserve it because I've I've had people overcommit stuff more times than they've spiked and not been able to achieve what they need to achieve. All right, yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to double back slightly to just get a few general questions since uh we're through the game specifics. So, since you one listed Zal and you had something like what, 3 4 games before the event started? 
I had four games from the week prior, and I, I won two, lost two that week. And then during, um, oh, sorry, I I was going to ask total games. So during the course of the event, you got what, another 12, 14? Uh, 14, because I played, so I played Champions. Then me and McWaters played on the Friday night, just because we were both away. I'm like, screw it, let's play till 3 a.m., because that's a great idea to do. (laughs) So we we, we did play a game on the Friday night, because we actually never played before, even though we chatted a lot. So yeah, I played 14 games, plus the four previous the week before. Gotcha. And what do you think from your first start with the caster, you went two and two, what do you think is something that new players can and should learn when they pick up Zal? Go second. I can't right, and... that enough. <laughs> and if you're like me and you lose the role all the time, uh, what advice do you have for playing first? I'll let you know when I go first. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I've gone first with him yet. That's the thing. Oh, no, I have. I've gone first with him once. It's difficult. Basically, you have to run at your opponent. Then turn two, play your bottom of one turn, but on turn two, you just basically just let them score. Obviously, don't don't lose on the scenario, but like on something quite live, like recon, just like admit that they're going to get one point, sit back, wait your feet out, and then feet on turn three. Never feet turn two if you can really afford it. I'd always try and hold it. Obviously, sometimes you have to, but I'd hold it as much as you can. And also, never, ever ever feet on turn one. Oh yeah <laughs> never I, you, you lose the game if you feet on turn one I, I know that is a flat statement and i know you shouldn't do that but you have control feet you just do not feet turn one you just admit you're going to lose about six boys you'll get vengeance then you feet just i i can't stress that enough like you can't feet turn one it's so so bad for zal all right, and how about for experienced players? Any nuances that you picked up throughout the course of your games that you found uh, those marginal improvements really helped you um, out? The Kraya is nice but not essential because I, I think Gorn players do automatically put a Kraya in and I think his slot is actually quite contested mm-hmm. for the support. I think Scorn, or especially Zal 2, wants to play... Um, so I'll call it the Australian style, which is like as minimum support as possible. Because Exalted already comes with a lot of natural support. Zal 2 loves the theme. Probably taking the Hammer Boy, probably taking an Arc Node, like you're taking the UAs, I mean that's nine points of pseudo support. Um, you want to try and restrict your support bloat. Agreed. Um, and I, I personally prefer single Supreme to double as well. That is just personal preference, but I am playing Zal as a generalist. And I think as a generalist, you want one, not two. Because occasionally two will cost you games, because they'll have an answer to two of them. But whereas if you have only one and then more boys, they might not have an answer to both boys and uh, Supreme. Yes, we, we were talking about this before recording, how you, you're you giving up uh, attack volume. And like I'm not saying that that build is bad. Zal has many, many good builds. But if you're playing him as an absolute generalist, like you say, or in my case, I just don't want my two lists to be so similar. I'm doing Resheth and Zal 2 right now, and I wouldn't yeah, like right. having two or maybe even three huge bases in each list. I agree. Yeah, I think... Um... Like, so I I'm playing as a generalist. I, I think you just like Zal force manipulates. He because um, like because of the boosting mechanic, you're effectively always charging. So the more boys you have, the more damage you do. Because obviously the supreme can't use the boosts. Exactly. Things with yeah. stick or shoot it's going or bring boys back or do whatever other broken things it does. So I think you just want the boys because then you're always charging. You're boosting when you need to. You can hit the high death because quite often you're at seven. Because uh, the car's nearby, quite often you can incorporeal and get in the back arcs, you're at 9. Suddenly you're hitting def 19, def 20. There's a lot of flexibility with that aura of power, and it's something that I think people criminally underrated with Saul, but most definitely the Supreme Guardian and the new strength buff on the solos. I, 
do a I lot agree. for. We also just did a support episode and kind of what you were talking about with the Kraya, where we, we basically deemed Agonizer as one of the few mainly essential support pieces that we have in the faction. I would and, agree. Yeah. If you're running a huge base, you want a Agonizer. So if, if, if you think of it, your first huge base costs six points more than it should. And the Agonizer is, is so key, I think, for the huge bases. If you're not playing huge bases, maybe not as essential. Maybe there's definitely a question mark to be had there. Sure. But I think as soon as you put a Battle Engine or a Colossal in your list, an Agonizer straight away. Personally, that is personally. Agreed. Unless you're, like I say, go back, reel back to the, uh, the Marvel 3 and Champions. You're taking it for Haley. You don't really need it. Right. Haley, Haley can grind through armor 21 anyway. So maybe you don't need it if it's like a super tech choice. Literally, like, this is just to play this one matchup. So I'd say it's, it's essential, but only 90% of the time, not 99 not 99 or 100% of the time. Right. Would you, would you agree? Yeah, I agree. I, I, I just meant... Um... Uh, in that episode specifically, we were talking about it as as a general choice, like it can make it into a list more than any of our other support pieces. Like even pain givers aren't always auto include. Right. But yeah, most I definitely agree with your list. assessment. Most of my exalted lists don't play pain givers. <laughs> Mind up. There's no room. We we tallied up the support in that episode, and it's like absurd how how many yeah. points go into it. Yeah. I don't think I, I very rarely put pain givers in. I think, and... I think there were chefs three huge list. Yeah, I, I put pain givers in uh, if I'm playing close. wins or warhost, and that's about it. Yeah, I think that that's like a a, a skill yeah, to I master in scorn is you you really have to understand the support and when it needs to be there and when it doesn't, or else you you just bloat your list and get less work. Agreed. I agree there. I def I definitely agree with you there. All right, now for, for you, Jake, are there any personal misconceptions that you might have had either with the faction or with Zal 2 specifically? You feel like you kind of answered for yourself or adapted to during the game repetition? I underestimated the generalist that Zal 2 could be. I've played against him a couple of times, but I've played with Haley 3, who has a good match into Zal. I underestimated how much just shit he can get done, really, like, of how much of a, of a toolbox he is, how much... He can apply the force and do and and play the control scenario game. That's mm -hmm. the kind of game I love to play. I love to play the grind for turn seven. My personal thought is that's the most secure way to win games. I don't assassinate. I hate it. So I think the best way is to is to play the grind and just Zal just does it brilliantly. And I think once people master Zal in the grind, I think he's an absolute formidable list to play against. And I I just didn't realise how good he was. Maybe underestimating underestimate him slightly, but he, he is an absolutely fantastic Warcaster and the list is brilliant. I'd say a couple of things that are about the faction. I'm not all aboard this Makeda 3 hype. Mm -hmm. Don't get it. Obviously, I haven't played it. I'm probably talking out my ass. Well, well, it's also your style, right? Like you're, you're telling us about your style and Zal 2 yeah. is your style. Makeda 3 can grind it, absolutely, but she needs to be very aggressive and needs to take certain risks that she has good odds for, but it, it yeah. might just not be your style. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge risk taker. I, I play defensively. I don't like, like my whole game plan relying on unboosted five or something like that. That's not my. I, I don't like that. I, I I think she's got a place, and I think she's got definitely got a place in the in a pairing. Um, like she's really good into Menoth. That is yeah. that is a good thing she does. I'm just not that sure of her. So when you write a, a Makeda three list, have you just looked at it on paper and just looked how shit the actual list looks? You have like <laughs> four models that do anything. Yeah, yeah it's because it's because she does so much. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that is of course why. 
But like when you write, when you look at when you look at the list on paper, it looks like crap. It just <laughs> it just does. It just doesn't look great. You're like cool, I've got a turtle, Mollet Khan, and my caster. Great, let's go. Her, so I, her in Exalted is pretty interesting because she she can grind you out with her army and insight, and then she doesn't necessarily have to feed until. I have also looked at that. Yes. Yeah. For well, for Menoth specifically. Yeah. Insight mortals is just fucking ridiculous. Yep. I'm, Having a map map ten supreme with signs is a little bit silly. Map ten power twenty two. <laughs> Weapon with signs important. Fair balance. CID for you there. <laughs> He's uh, holding the nerf pad himself. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> I think so the other things with the faction. I, I just think they're in a, such a super strong place. I think there's so much to explore in the faction. There's things that have, need to be unlocked yet. Like at the moment, say I'm testing Marvel two. I think he's just a great mobile warcaster who does lots for the faction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Immortals is such a fantastic generalist theme force. Obviously, you've got Rashef, and well, we all know how good he is. I just think the faction's just really strong. And I think one of the things that, uh, say, everyone tries to, to grade factions on strength. And I think one of the things that puts Scorn actually in the top bracket is that their matchups into the other factions in the top bracket. So they have an acceptable Grimkin game. They can build for an acceptable Menoth game. They can build for the Mirror, and they have just uh, generally have tools for Circle. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, uh, interesting. That's I was gonna say that's an interesting analogy when you look at uh, things like sports. You know, with teams being able to like you have to beat teams in the top of the standings in order to kind of advance your place. And if you're able to beat the factions at the top of the standings and then still kind of hold your ground against the lower ones and not really throw too many games there with your matchups, then you're in a good place in terms of the meta. Yeah, I, I think for, for Scorn, you play your generalist, so Sheth or Zal, into as much as of the field as you can and just base it on skill and just try and skill the other factions. Mm-hmm. And then you, you have a tech list for one of the, so like say for, for Menos, and then you just hope that's enough. Like you'll, you'll drop the odd game. Every now and then, you're like, you might lose to Signar, you might lose to Crucible Guard every now and then. But then, if that just happens, that's just the game. But I think you can build for everything else and you, you can be fine. Like, the faction is, like, putting quotes, it's fine into just about everything, which makes it really good into the meta. To me, it's Signar about a year and a half ago, is where you could build a pairing that covered 90% of the matchups and you were fine. You could just skill everything else and you probably win. And Scorn's just, I think, the exact same coming from that experience. All right. And uh, we kind of covered this to some extent, but if you have anything you want to add, what does a list need to have in its tool belt in order for you to consider it one listable in the current meta? I've been asked this a few times. So I I never have the intention of one listing it. It just sort of happens. So with Haley, the list is so flexible. It does literally whatever you want. It cracks armor to a ridiculous degree it beats defense it has anti-shooting it has anti-melee things it's got incorporeal ghost it's got everything you'd ever want zal 2 pretty much the same it can crack armor to an extent right the bronze back and the supreme kills heavies you're pretty immune to shooting with grave winds and defeat vengeance is huge you've got tools incorporeal you don't have to worry about terrain that's a huge thing Never worrying about terrain is nice. Having a tanky warcaster helps as well. And having something where, on paper, it's quite a simple list-ish to play. But then the more reps you get, the more games you play, the more better a player you are, you get to unlock more players with it. And it's just options. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, to one list, you just need options coming out your ears. So I think like, Iona is not one listable. Even though she's such a strong caster, she's not one listable because the plays run out. Like, there's only so much things you can do by Lord of the Feast, Bird and Ravagers. Yeah. Whereas Boulder 1 is probably one listable. He's got a control feat. He's got a damage buff of every turn. He's got an armor buff. Like, do you know what I mean? Like He's got guns outside of the Storm Raptor. Uh, like Kruger 2 previously. Maybe yeah, not old, currently, but yes. Old Kruger 2 bones list. Yep. Is that the same? Like, yeah, it chokes on Karchev. You can't punch through that. But if there's like four or five heavies coming at you, yeah, it can beat up one or two and then control the rest. It's got good guns. It's immune to shooting because of Windstorm. You've got sprays to kill, infantry. Like, again, a great example. Kalos 1, again, when Primal Terrors was huge, Kalos 1, same thing you could do with him. And I say the current hotness is Harbinger. Like, you can, if you can dodge Grimkin, you can probably one less Harbinger. Yeah. For the same reasons. I think it's really good. I think I think one listing is very hard and it requires luck. To win events, you need luck. You can be the best player in the world, you have to get lucky. Uh, it's just a fact. Like, ignoring rules is also nice. <laughs> like ignoring yeah. rules with a movable object. I, I actually just played a game into Callus One yesterday where Amak was the biggest prick because I'm so used to just going incorporeal and getting wherever i want to be yep. yeah yep. so i had to play the matchup a little differently but i recognized that most certainly not having it made me very grateful that <laughs> i'm able to use it in every other case yeah i, I agree uh, uh say i think like warcasters who don't fight fair are also the ones on the one listable list so like you can add dreamer to that list so it's if your list and warcaster doesn't fight fair they don't put at each other and hit each other or shoot each other. They have control effects. They tip the dice more in their favour. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think if you don't fight fair, you have the best chance of being a generalist and being one listable. Whereas like Zal two doesn't fight fair. He's like incorporeal and feet. But that's that's the unfair parts of his toolkit. Everything yeah. else is fair. You're running boys at him. You're occasionally sending some spells. But then like you're incorporeal. You're in the back arcs. You have boosting mechanics. That's when you start fight unfair. You have a recursion element. You have, uh, let's say, your feet to stop any like, guns and things like that. And obviously the theme benefit as well. All right. With that general questionnaire section wrapped up, what is your plan from here beyond the Sioux? What are you going to be doing next? Uh, obviously, you're at Welsh right now, hoping to win the whole thing, I'm sure. <laughs> That's the idea. Yeah. So I think it's gonna be dabble around with more scorn. I'm really, I'm really enjoying playing them. I think now the dojo got stale. There's no, there's nothing new exciting. The new releases look a bit interesting, and I'm liking the sound of some of them. But at the moment, I'm, I'm quite, quite a lot of hype around scorn. They're a really good faction. Uh, I'm enjoying the dojo. I'm enjoying learning again. I'm enjoying mastering a new thing. So I feel like Signa have sort of completed it, if that makes sense. Like, there's only so much you can play the same stuff and not get bored. And I'm just enjoying just having options, having tools, taking different warcasters, not just taking the same thing over and over again, learning new matchups. It's just basically a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I, I, lo- I, love, I love stuff like that. I, love, I, I like to learn. And like, this game does help with it a lot. Like, excluding Resheth and Zaltu, what casters are you really interested in exploring soon or getting more reps in with? Definitely Morgul 2. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think Morgul 2 looks really, really interesting. I'm not used to having, like, a really frontline caster like Morgul is, so it's slightly different playstyle for me, but a lot more aggressive. So I'm really excited about Morgul. I do want to test out Makeda 3. Uh, I think she deserves at least a nod from myself just to see if I'm correct or if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be interested in, and um, I want to try and figure out a list for her. 
but definitely Morgul. And maybe like the other Mortalis caster, maybe Zakar. There might be something there. Like he's got mortality. Uh, he's got ridiculous feet. Everyone on this podcast makes fun of me for even mentioning hey, Zakar. <laughs> I approve of Zakar in the champions format. He's insane in the champions format. <laughs> I agree. So like Zakar in champions, yeah, is is good and uh, it's respectable. But if you take him in masters, why aren't you just taking Morgul too? Yeah. Morgul 2 is very similar. Both have control feats. Both have mortality. Both are mobile enough and have okay melee output to an extent. Both run similar lists. I think it's just something... Maybe maybe there's something there. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I think it's just something just to, to test out. And it's just nice having a faction where you can, you can dive a bit deeper. That's it. Hexy 2 still exists. He's got mm-hmm. black spot. It's never a bad spell to have. Who else is there? Like, Zal 1, again, great warcaster. Yeah, I love Zal 1. My WTC mates testing him out at the moment. Maybe other lists, like something a little bit like left field, like maybe, weirdly, Makeda 2 in Immortals. Oh, you're talking to the right person here. I, yeah. like, I, I've been playing that a lot, and it's been uh, mentioned on this podcast plenty of times. Yeah, I mean, it's it sounds silly, but Dash and D-Cell is kind of good. And, and- been able to stay and stay definitely UAs. That's Im- pretty big. Immortals threatening 12 instead of 11 is a very big deal. That is a big deal. I think 15 with Vengeance is the bigger deal. Yes. You f- also you running threat- 12. Er, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, running 12. Oh yeah, running 12. Yeah, sorry. My, I can't do, can't do maths. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Mike. Maybe there's something there. Maybe maybe we're wrong. Maybe it's just like a gimmick. But it's worth trying. Like I think there's... No one's completed the faction yet. No one's like, this is the best thing to play. This two, this two pairing, it plays everything. These are the set lists. Obviously, I think Rashef is pretty solved. And then probably Zal is, Zal 2 is 90% solved, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more. The faction's huge. You've got so much, like, maybe just changing themes over. So, like, Marvel 2, Immortals is great. Maybe try it in Winds. Might work, might not. Like you've got so many viable themes, so many viable models. Might be worth it. Maybe then um, what what theme is it? It's the one with all the infant all the crap infantry. Masters but of War. Ta- but it has takedown. Yep. So maybe Mordecai with Void Spirits with a takedown. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's not. Who knows? I think there's so much to test in the faction. I think that's why scorn lists are all over the place. Like if you look if you look at the Welsh, there's I think nineteen scorn players. Mm-hmm. I think there's only two two or three lists the same. Everyone's excited about the faction and just basically pissing around, and it's really good to see. I, lo- I, love, I love things like that. I, I, like, I don't like it when things are linear, when it's like, oh, I've been playing this caster, and oh, crap, it's really good, and it will beat people because they have no experience in, into it. Like, if someone plops Zakar against me without obviously reading his card like I've done now, I would have no idea what he did. Yeah. Yeah. He has mortality. He's a battle bot caster. Why the hell does he have mortality? <laughs> the the breadth of options we have is definitely huge. And like like Masters of War barely got touched during the CID, but then they added gargantuans to the theme, which we never had, and now we can take shamans in the theme, which we were never able oh. to do. You <laughs> know, so, so that theme. <laughs> yeah, there there's a lot there's a lot of changes oh. that happen that I, I don't think have been discovered yet or gathered enough playtime to fully make a decision on well yeah i think i think the um the colossals as well i mean like they got a massive overhaul a point reduction like people aren't taking them maybe like i've not i've not seen many of them but 
like the mammoth's really fucking good. Yes, it's it is. It's really, really good. Power twenty throw guns are fantastic. So I, I agree with you, but like Makeda one's mammoth threats twenty one. Sure does. <laughs> like that guy's got things to do. Like he's got places to be. Like he's on a bit of a mission. Like maybe that's a thing. Like there's there's so much untested, and I love it. I, I I love the dojo. Like with my so like with my job, like I'm um, I'm a chef, so obviously I work stupid hours. But during that time, there's a lot of downtime. Like, you might spend two hours peeling potatoes. With this this hobby in this game, constantly thinking about it. Like, you're doing maths in your head. You're building lists in your head. Like, maybe this works. Maybe this is a good answer to this. Maybe, oh, I'll try this at the next club night. Oh, there's a tournament coming up. Screw it. Let's get rid of my get rid of my generalists and let's take two off lists and see how it goes. And, and I love that part of the game and definitely this part of the faction. It's one of the parts of the faction I really, really like. And the fact that they're OP and broken as shit. That is really good as well. <laughs> uh, have you seen the Supreme Guardians card? Like, what the fuck? Like, that went through CID. Like, what the hell? It went through CID twice. Yeah, every time you read it, it just gets better. I always get in this philosophical argument where I see models that are above the curve, and that that's that's how I usually view them in my head. That way, it keeps me from getting pissed off about other people's stuff too. I just mm-hmm. above the curve is a little more fine to me than you know shouting OP when some enemy model destroys my shit. But uh, design wise, they make a lot of things possible. Like the turtles are OP, but I think two of our themes would not function at all if they weren't there. Yeah, w- without our huge bases being as, as they are, I don't think the faction would be in nearly as good a place as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, and I'm okay with that like... being the identity. If that's the identity, then that's fine. I'll I'll embrace it. Yeah, yeah. I'm as cool someone who shifted from Mark II to Mark III, who was playing Scorn, switching from being the heavies faction to being the battle engine faction, I'm completely fine with that. Yeah, and, and say so now we've got this cool infantry theme full of stone boys. It's just cool running stone boys at people. It's a cool theme. Like, yeah, I just, I really, I really, really like the faction and just the options it has, the sort of the the gameplays it can make, how how it can play a shooting list from one list, then have an attrition scenario, but still with the same caster almost. Yeah, I, I love the variance in playstyles. Like, Zal One is one of the casters that I I've really been trying to hone in on and get better with because he's he's got such a incredible ebb and flow of his gameplay with last stand and then using his feet and you know timing is so important trading is so important it's just such a great fundamental caster to learn and of course yeah. he has to stay safe because he has a gun allergy an old man yeah. back <laughs> yeah, it's, um, last last stand is a hell of a drug and what yeah. i found out as well is vengeance that shit is addictive yes it but, is Screw heroin, boys and girls. Get yourself some vengeance. <laughs> yeah, didn't they right. just... They made a theme with theme benefit vengeance, right? Like, wasn't that recent? The convergence theme. And then the they convergence did medium base theme. Flames in the Darkness when it comes out. Oh, Flames in the Darkness. Yeah, that's what it is. Now, that theme has uh, my local Signar players really, really hyped for, for Striker 2. I, I can see where Striker 2 is going to be really good in that theme. I also think Connie B is going to be ridiculous in that theme. Speaking of Connie, uh, I watched her take one unit of the medium base guys and shoot off a Blightbringer with it. Yep, it's doable. Completely (laughs) doable. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) Having, for me, it's, um, you can take a Merc slot, I think, in that theme, so you take Steelhead Halberdiers with her. Doesn't sound like much, but I played a bit of Crucible Guard, and Steelhead Halberdiers 
Jesus Christ, them those boys. The points are ridiculous. Oh yeah. With with, with Connie, they threat thirteen. They out threat Ravagers and they kill Ravagers, and they're yep. eleven points. Right in in Crucible Guard, uh, at one point I had them at power seventeen. Four of them killed Adjudicator. Yeah, power seventeen's pretty achievable. No, like no, basically power, every sorry, caster. No, it was power nineteen and Sylvester feet killed Adjudicator. Do you get Ragman in there? Um, Ragman as well. Of course. Yeah, I, went, yeah. I went all in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, when I was playing Crucible Guard, I had four kill up without Ragman kill a Blightbringer, and my opponent yelled at me profusely about dicing him off the table, and I showed him the uh, dice, and I did like three damage over average or something like that. I was yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. all right guys we're we're starting to wander a little bit let's do sign offs and then we can we can chat afterwards if you'd like all right no, no problem at all once again thank you all for listening thank you jake for coming on and chatting some scorn with us it's good to hear that you're excited and liking the faction you're a great guest and very descriptive with how fast you flew through all of those bat reps that was very impressive by the way Thank you very much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on. So I do hope to be uh, to back in the future if you'll uh, you'll have a crazy English guy back on again. But yeah, of course. It's, been an absolute, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure, guys. I've really enjoyed it. And say so it's good to just chat shit about some toy soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as always, thank you, Line of Sight, for hosting us. We'd like to thank all of our supporters on Patreon. And uh, this would be the first episode live, I believe, since we put out our contest to win an alt sculpt of the new Zal 2 by Doug Hamilton. So we're going to be giving one of those away to anyone that likes our Facebook page. By the, It ends June 9th. And we're also doing a separate giveaway on Patreon for any any of our tiers are eligible to enter there. No harm. Just go ahead and give us a like. You're entered. You win. We'll figure out how to ship it to you wherever you are. The model's awesome. We're all super stoked for it. And there might be some bonus content, but I cannot promise that yet. There's some things I know in the works. Yeah, as for uh, contacting us and reaching out, as always, Facebook is a pretty good source. Uh, we reply very quickly. All three of us check the page regularly. You can find us on Twitter, which is mostly dead. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll get better at using it. We also answer all of our emails. Everything is Disciples of Agony. Just going to run through that. That's the trend. On Discord, I am type 2. And, and Brian, by the way, he, he loves you all very much. He was here to record this episode, but we started an hour late. And that kind of messed up his timetable. My bad. Um, no, it's all I, good. Uh, I apologize he, for that. No worries. It happens. Especially with time zone differences. Uh, things get iffy. And you can find him at Pook or whatever the hell is Legion of Jank <laughs> nickname is right now. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you again. Bye. Cheers, guys. We now consecrate the bond of obedience. Assume the position. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another?